But we kept playing around with these concepts and the boys just connecting more and more with their thinking, more and more with their emotions, and more and more with the experiences they were having. And they were actually able to then have those positive experiences back in the classroom because they were totally aware of how their energy, their thoughts and their emotions all connected to the experience that they have. Welcome to episode nine of the Level Up with KDB podcast. I'm Katie B, human design coach, airline pilot, CEO, and crazy cat lady. And today I am chatting with one of my extremely talented coaching clients, Lynn Kendall. For those who are curious about all things human design, Lynn's a 5-1 profile, emotional authority projector. You will see straight away that the thing Lynn sees so clearly is guiding and supporting young people to thrive in life. Lynn also goes by the name LK Tommy and the Resiliency Tutor. She is on a mission to empower young people between the age of 7 and 19 to build resilience by helping them learn to love and understand their emotions, thinking and energy so they can experience a happy and contented life. If you're a parent, teacher, or have ever been around children who have behavioral and life challenges that you can't fully understand, you will love this episode. (laughs) Part of the reason I felt compelled to have Lynn come and share her wisdom on the podcast is that it is my belief that emotional intelligence and resiliency are some of the most vital aspects of becoming a conscious creator of your life at any age. Having talented people like Lynn providing education and support to our young people gives me a lot of hope that future generations might be more well prepared to do exactly that. Lynn is also a hugely successful author and businesswoman with her methods being taught not only in Australia but across the UK as well. Her vision is to continue to expand her business so that as many families as possible can experience the bliss of living in a more calm household with happier, more resilient children. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Welcome, Lynn, to the Level Up with Katie B podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Katie. I'm really happy to be here today. Awesome. And I actually just cannot wait for our listeners to hear all about what you do because I'm sure many of our listeners are parents and you are the queen (laughs) of resilience tutoring for young people. So you help young people understand their thoughts, emotions and behavior so that they can be better prepared to face life's challenges by becoming more resilient and in turn relaxed and happy and i am sure there are just so many parents that are like wait what <laughs> how do i do yeah. this yeah. so can you tell me a little bit about what you do 
Okay. So what, what I'm passionate about is teaching children all about themselves because when we learn about ourselves, when we learn about our emotions, our thoughts, our energy, and I love teaching children about energy. It's one of my most, most favourite topics to teach. So when we truly understand all of the elements that make us us and make us unique, which is the exciting part, we actually then become resilient. What I'd love to do is show children how they connect every experience that they have with ease and grace because let's face it on planet earth we're having a gazillion life experiences now some are awesome fantastic some are not too bad you know they're quite a nice little experience but some are tricky or even super tricky for our young people so i've worked in schools now for over 30 years and i've been teaching children all about themselves and all about how that connects to resilience. So I really love connecting with the young children. And when I was doing this work, I thought to myself, hmm, while I'm teaching them the skills of resilience, what am I really teaching them? Actually, what I'm really teaching them is all about themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of adults could do with this <laughs> as well, you know, right? Like yeah. b- building resiliency and emotional awareness, energetic awareness, obviously is a, inc- it's like having a superpower. If you were to be able to move through life, understanding your emotions, understanding how to move energy through your body, how yeah. to let yourself feel your emotions and then also move through them and apply that to becoming more resilient in your life. Yeah. I think that would just be incredible. And so what you're doing is showing the youth so that they can, they don't have to deal with this as adults. They, they know they already build these skills and have that toolkit, that awareness to be able yeah. to take into adulthood, which to me just seems like the hugest gift because Imagine like going after jobs, uh, anything in your career, even study at uni, relationships, having that awareness would just be, honestly, to me, it seems like a game changer. So what led you to become the resilience tutor? Did you feel like you, have you been on a journey yourself to building your own resilience? Absolutely. And and I love the way that you said that, you know, I wish my seven, my seven year old self actually knew what I knew, you know, now that I'm in my late 60s, I wish my seven year old self had learned all about their emotions, their thoughts and energy. I mean, back in my day, we didn't even discuss that. You know, and I was going to be that progressive mum, you know, because I did study teaching and psychology and I was going to be this progressive mum. I have one girl, three boys, and my boys were going to learn about their emotions because it was that time in that era. We were starting to talk about the boys were to understand their feelings. So anyway, I had conversations with my kids around all about their emotions. And anyway, as they progressed in their 20s, I said, stop, guys, we haven't still quite got this right. And they said, what do you mean? I said, I don't just want to know about your emotions. I want to know about your thinking. So they just rolled their eyes as they do to mum. <laughs> and, um, and But that's when I really realised that we don't have these conversations with our children. Um, I certainly went on my own resilience journey. You know, it was in my 40s. And my mother, uh, yeah, I think pretty sure my 40s. You know, I had a major life experience and I went, I got all these emotions and I'm going, hang on, I'm on the top of every emotion that I've possibly had in life. But I just, I had this really interesting experience. And what I needed to do was really sit down 
and really connect with my emotions because there was a whole pile of emotions that were coming up that I hadn't even experienced. And I thought to myself, hang on, I'm an adult. Shouldn't I have experienced every single experience, every single emotion by now? You know, I was just dumbfounded and I went, nope, there's a whole pile more coming up. I went, okay, so I'm going to go back now. And I really went back and thought about how I taught this to children. And then I applied it to myself and I went, wow. You know, it was just so fascinating to really understand how the energy emotion was flowing through my body, what I was experiencing, what what thoughts were coming up because all of a sudden I had all of these negative thoughts that I'd also not experienced a lot before because I was always consciously aware of positive thinking. I was always consciously aware of how my body reacted to different situations. So it's a whole new experience for me and one that I'm very grateful that I have had because now I can really connect those experiences for the young people as well. But, you know, I was just thankful that I had been teaching all of that time. I had studied psychology, so I can't quite imagine what that tricky life experience would have looked like for me had I not had that knowledge. So I was very thankful that I was able to put that into practice for myself. And that's really strengthened my resolve to teach this to children even more so at a younger age. Also seeing struggle in school. You know, I sat there for good 10 years of my first early career and I was working in schools as a guidance officer and I was given these four year seven boys back in the day when year seven was in primary school and the teachers wanted them to have a positive life experience. That was their goal. I'm going, you beauty, what's, what, is, what is this going to look like, sound like and feel like? You know, How is this going to work for us? So anyway, as I do when I'm working with young people, I start putting all of these, you know, positive thinking and positive emotions on the board. And we came up with these cool mathematical formulas. And I said to the boys, go and prove or disprove these for me, because I've got no clues if they're right or wrong about now. We've just technically created them on the whiteboard. Anyway, they went off and they went, yes, it works. When I have positive thinking and I have positive emotions, it actually equals to a positive experience. And we actually called it an outcome first. And one of the boys said, oh, it's not an outcome. I said, really? What is it? And they said, it's an action or an experience. And then I said, well, let's test this theory out. And let's look at if we have negative thinking. You know, I can't do this. This just doesn't work for me. But I have negative emotions. What type of experience do you think I might have? And the boys said, well, logically, we must have going to have a negative experience. I said, well, I don't really want you to try that one out. <laughs> I said, because I don't want you to have a negative experience. But we kept playing around with these concepts and the boys just connecting more and more with their thinking, more and more with their emotions and more and more with the experiences that they were having. And they were actually able to then have those positive experiences back in the classrooms because they were totally aware of how their energy, their thoughts and their emotions all connected to the experience that they have, even the tricky ones. And the one thing I really love to teach young people is to find the lesson in each and every tricky life experience that they have. That is where the magic and the gold is. Well, I love that your own journey as an adult having to go, oh, shit, these are some emotions that I haven't yeah. dealt with before. How, yeah. how do I navigate these times? I see it quite often. Uh, as you know, I do tarot therapy, and so I often have clients come to me for tarot readings, and it's a therapeutic setting, and a lot of that is about us like digesting, processing, integrating yeah. emotions, right? Yeah. And 
So many of us are not well equipped with the tools we need to f- allow ourselves to flow with our emotions. And as you said, yeah. that you teach with your your students, actually take the lessons and learn from the emotions, like yeah. almost welcome the experience so that you can get inquisitive and actually take, it sounds like what you do is take the heat out of the negative emotions so that you have the ability to find the wisdom in it rather Absolutely. than- squirming in your seat as you move through any so-called negative emotions. And I think that's really interesting. I I don't really like using the word negative emotions because I feel like it's just emotions, right? That there's a wave of emotions and at any given moment we're sitting somewhere on the wave. And I don't necessarily think it's great to label them as like freaking awesome or negative. I think just knowing that Every part of the emotional wave has got some sort of lesson, some sort of ability to help us stay connected to direct experience in our life. And I just think the way that you are teaching these students in a really fun, it sounds like they're really engaged. Do you find that? You came up with a hypothesis with these kids and then had a grand old time experimenting (laughs) And so do you find that kids are actually really open to experimenting in this way? Oh, they love it. I teach all the way through curiosity and creativity. And I like the way that you said just a minute ago too, I'll just backtrack there, around that labeling it as a negative emotion. And it's interesting because an emotion, you're totally right, emotion is purely an emotion until we've had the experience or until our brain, because it likes to categorize things. Our brain is actually quite logical and it likes to categorize things and it will categorize things automatically for us. But not only that, that's a language that we use to in society as well. So that's a language at this stage that children use. And I use language very differently when I teach. So I take them from that language and I re-language it for them. So that way they can make those connections for themselves as well. But yeah, curiosity and creativity is the best way to teach. I actually never thought I was very creative at all. But as a child, if you said to me, were you creative? And I'd go, oh, no, I can't draw. I, I can't do anything creatively. But all of a sudden, what I've realized is I bring creativity into the room for the children. Mm-hmm. So no two sessions that we run ever look the same because the concepts are the same. But the way the children explore the concepts for themselves through curiosity and creativity, it's just amazing. I couldn't come up with half of those ideas that they come up with. I couldn't have come up with those mathematical formulas. But it's the way the children were able to understand what's happening for them. So they were able to use and create those mathematical formulas. Now, don't get me wrong, I use them a lot and they feature in my very first book because it really helps children to connect with those concepts. Like another time I was teaching, because I also teach teenagers and we were looking at values and beliefs and looking at, you know, what else makes us human. So anyway, we were looking at that and this little boy says to me, I'm going to create a whole pile of little humans. I said, off you go. So what he did was he drew on a piece of paper all these different types of humans and each human had different values, different beliefs, different thinking, different emotions. And it was just amazing. So he was able to relate for himself. So he externalized the process by creating this little group of humans. And then he was able then to internalize what his values and beliefs were. So he talked, he says, I'm going to take this value from this human. I'm going to take this belief over here. But he knew why he was doing that. And that way it was fully connected to him. 
And that's the pure magic. That's the goal is when they can internalize. It doesn't matter sometimes what language we use. If it's language that they connect with and that they know how to use it, and then we can re-language it for them in a different way for them then to be able to communicate with others exactly what's happening for them. I think children in general have this incredible ability to, they've got so much wisdom, right? Yeah, Young, Young wisdom that I think adults sometimes don't necessarily appreciate. So giving them space to tap into that creativity and see where their minds go and how they view the world and giving them actually giving them space to to tap into how they view the world. Like, what do you believe? How do you see the world? That in itself is an incredible gift. In general, Lynn, I mean, it will be in general because I'm sure you see just a vast array of clients with yeah. different emotional states that they come yeah. to you with, different behavioral manifestations of their emotional states. Yeah. But in general, what is a common state that a parent will come to you with a child? Like what is showing up in their day-to-day life that's making them think, oh, crikey, I need resilience tutoring? What's showing up for them, you t- it, it, it is their behaviour is what's showing up. So what a parent first noticed is that the child, all, maybe all of a sudden, could be a repeated pattern of behaviour because that's the outcome. That is actually what we see. So we do see, you know, sometimes it's temper tantrums because, as we know, temper tantrums is moving the energy through their body, through the emotions. And, of course, if it's built up, that, en- that energy of emotion is built up so much in that little person's body. It's got to come out as a volcano at some point in time. That emotion has to have a release valve. And that release valve is a temper tantrum, is is what they see. Another manifestation of behavior that I see a lot of is, is definitely anxiety. Now, it's interesting because when I explore that, sometimes young people in society at the present moment is hearing that word a lot. So what I do is I check first, what does that mean for that young person? How do you know that your body has anxiety. And what I do a lot of talking around is the body and the brain. So I don't use, I wouldn't say, hey, Katie, how do you know that you've got anxiety? I would say to you, hey, how do you know that your body has anxiety? Or how do you know that your brain has anxiety? So we very much use that language because what's actually happening, it's a body reaction or it's a thought reaction or it's a brain reaction or a mind reaction in some way. So I always check what their understanding of anxiety is and how it presents and shows up for them because you're totally right. Anxiety for one person looks very different to anxiety for another person. So it's about checking what's actually happening. I was working with these teenage boys. They were in about year nine and they one little boy came up to me and I said, I've got schizophrenia. I go, really? How do you know? And they said, because I've got this little voice in my head. I said, oh, let me tell you about that. You know, because we don't have those conversations about those what's actually happening for us, all that little voice in our head and what's its job, what's its purpose, why is it there? Mm. But he'd heard this word, mm. schizophrenia, mm. and which meant to him multiple people, multiple voices, multiple something, and he had all of this multiple things happening. So I could see how he actually came up with that conclusion. But when we actually understood it, I was able to have that conversation with him and explore what that meant for him. And then in the end, he realized that, oh, wow, we all have that little voice in our head. You know, so it's great being able to normalize 
at times what's actually happening for them and how they do it. But definitely, you know, children getting expelled from school all of the time is another one that I see a lot of young people for because what they're unable to do is to go through their day understanding each emotion because, you know, when we look at it and one of the activities that we do is an emotional continuum because, you know, in a day, and this is one of the exercises I do with young people, in a day is, you know, even in an hour, sometimes we can have four or five different emotions. If we haven't reconciled those emotions or our brain hasn't reconciled one emotion, it compounds to the next emotion, which compounds to the next emotion. Also, we've got six unresolved emotions. And of course, emotion is behavior. What I love to talk to teachers about as, as well as parents is instead of reacting to the behavior, what we're actually doing is managing their emotion. So to me, there is no such thing as behavior. It's purely emotion. So when parents go, oh, so it's actually not their behavior that we're actually working on here. What we're actually looking at is them understanding their emotion and Mm -hmm. how I'm responding to their emotion. I go, yep. And then a whole new set of light bulbs come on, you know, which is really, really exciting to see those light bulb moments for these young people. They go, oh, so I can actually, so if somebody's coming into me and go, I've got so much anxious thoughts, you know, it's just happening all the time. I'll say, let's have a look at our thinking patterns. Let's actually have a look at what's actually happening. You know, so I teach lots of strategies around thinking. You know, one of them is, do I want that thought? So stop awareness. Do I actually want that thought or can I change that thought? And there's actually a cool game that we play to help children change that thought if that's right for them. So I can imagine because a lot of my friends have children and, you know, they're all at different ages and really experiencing, I think, different hormonal shifts depending on, you know, what sex they are and what age they're at. And, I mean, I know that a common manifestation of not understanding their emotions and not knowing how to work with their emotions is, as you say, tantrums or uh, I don't know if the children that I've met really relate to being anxious. I think that yeah. they not they don't necessarily put a label to it. It's just that it shows up as them maybe being nervous about going to school or yeah. kindy or whatever it might be. But the end result is actually quite a stressful household. So parents that are just so concerned that their children maybe aren't making good friends, like building really good quality relationships. But above that, just coming home from school really exhausted because, and they don't really understand why. Like obviously they're using a lot of brain power, they're growing, they're moving, but also moving through emotions when you don't understand them. Uh, I mean, even when you do understand them, it's exhausting, but coming home from school exhausted, perhaps they're um, struggling to build really beautiful friendships. And then, you know, dinner time becomes stressful, bedtime becomes stressful. Everyone is kind of on high alert and no one really understands why. And so from what you've shared, it sounds like just having these conversations and giving them space to better understand how to recognize and deal with their emotions is what builds resiliency. Absolutely. And it's about understanding themselves more about how the whole system works, because, you know, we are an ecosystem. So emotions is one part of that, you know, but also to understand, you know, the energy and the thinking. And when we explore energy, I teach it in a way that we have 
three energy levels, high energy, centered energy, and low energy, and how to move those energy states through our bodies. So when they're coming home tired from school, where where is their energy at that point in time? So, you know, and what they're needing to do is transition their school energy, as I call it, into their home energy, into their relaxing energy. We all relax differently after school, and that's the key part is for them to have space to understand what is their body actually experiencing after they come home from school. Mm -hmm. Now, for my son, for example, when he came home from school, and this sounds counterintuitive, I know, but this worked for his body, is he would actually go and play um, basketball. He'd shoot hoops. And that was his body's way of going, I've relaxed now from the school day. The, the basketball hoops, when he was shooting hoops, there was no thoughts entering his mind at that point in time. So he had total relaxation of the mind. He, had, he was getting the body relaxed, even though he was doing physical activity. Mm. Now, for my daughter, when she came home from school and she knew her body exceptionally well as well, it was reading a book. Her body actually needed that physical relaxation. The energy in her body and the energy in her mind were actually two different things. So the energy in the mind for her is it needed to be active. So reading a book, but, you know, a nice quiet book because she loved to read novels, it was her thing. But the body needed to come down to full relaxation. So she'd often be in the swimming pool reading a book or she'd be in her bedroom in her relaxed environment. I can relate to that. I can actually relate to both your children and the way they wind down. And I think that's that's really such a beautiful example of being connected to your own energetic requirements, whether it be your body or your mind. And again, imagine if as adults you had that awareness, like just game changing. I actually would just love to know which human design energy types your children are because I I feel like I've got a rough idea based on the stories that you've told me, but you never want to like pigeonhole people. But I'm just curious, always, always curious about (laughs) everyone's human design. Honestly, it sounds like you have an incredible vast array of tools, techniques that you use with your clients. And I know you work not just with uh, youth, you work with the parents, right? It's a family sort Absolutely. of approach to to building resiliency in young people. And I would love to know throughout with all these tools, with all these methods that you use, what can parents expect to see on the other side of resiliency tutoring? My favorite thing to say is happy, healthy, confident children, because I know that's what I wanted for my own kids. And like I'm a grandma of seven now as well. And I know that's exactly what I want for my grandchildren. You know, I want them to be able to go through life with ease and grace. Yep, we're all going to have tricky life experiences. You know, we're meant to have those tricky life experiences, but knowing how to go through them with ease and grace and then understanding the lessons learned to go, yep, fantastic. I've learned that lesson. They're going to come, they go through another experience. But one thing I really love to teach young children is that they can actually create their life experiences. They don't have to live life experiences. I certainly did that when I was a child because I didn't know any differently. Now I create my life experiences. I totally love that. My my granddaughter, who's 14 at the present moment, she's creating each and every experience that she has. Mm, she knows exactly where she wants to go and how mm. she wants to show up in this world for yeah, hers. So empowering, right? Like Yeah, absolutely. Just... And my mantra is sorry, my mantra just had the thought there. My mantra is empowering generations, empowering lives one step at a time. You know, because that is what I want for the next generation. When I went to school, I wrote on slates and sat on long wooden benches. 
When my kids went to school, they took pen and paper, but they sat on individual desks. When my grandchildren went to school, they took an iPad and had flexible learning environments. I don't know what the next generation is going to need, but the one thing they're going to need to know is themselves. Mic drop, Lynn. (laughs) Because, you know, I just reflecting on my childhood, I certainly didn't understand my emotions. And I would say I was quite emotionally reactive. Uh, It was kind of what was role modeled to me, I guess, in my family. And there's no no blame or shade thrown because you know how how are our parents supposed to role model that if they haven't yet learned how to move through their emotions and create as you say consciously create their life by being aware of how they can flow with emotions and create their behavior based on their emotions yeah so I think it's absolutely such a gift that you share And so I would imagine that a lot of parents experience after they've worked with you in your resilience tutoring, they probably experience a calmer household. And do the kids, do you find that the young people are doing better at school? Are they more excited about going to school? Are they, you know, engaging in life with a little bit more zest perhaps? Absolutely. They definitely engage in life very, very differently. And they get to appreciate every experience that they have. So they get to appreciate all the experiences that they have at school. So Mm -hmm. school looks very different for them. In the home environment, how I work is I do work online over Zoom. So we have four families online of of a night time. It's a family event. So basically what I do, instead of charging you, if you go off to see somebody professionally, you will pay for each child to go and see that person. What I do, though, is I charge a family price because what I want families to do is, and what they do end up having is very different conversations with their children. And by the time they've finished the course, the resilience tutor is actually on their fridge. So I give them all the tools. So when they want to have those conversations, you know, they'll start having conversations about just like I did with my boys. What's that emotion at the present moment? And they really explore those emotions, but, you know, they'll also check in. Well, sounds like you're having a lot of positive thinking at the present moment, awesome, or you're having a lot of tricky thinking at the present moment, you know, so we start having very different conversations and talking to our young people about what their body is experiencing or what their brain is experiencing, or instead of saying, oh, you just had a temper tantrum, you would say, wow, your body really needed to release that energy. Mm. So you see how using language and having our different conversations in the home just opens it up beautifully for them to really connect in a very different way that they've never connected before, but in an authentic, nice way that doesn't sound weird, but just comes together in a, in a nice way that really brings harmony to the family home. And then everybody goes to school differently. So the school experience then becomes different for them. They, they learn to love learning all over again. It's like, oh, I can do school now. I'm ready for school now. We don't yeah. actually prepare our young people to be ready for school. We just Mm. expect them to do school, but we don't actually stop to think about, wow, how do we actually prepare our young people for school? Yeah, and it sounds to me like this is a beautiful way for parents to build stronger, more authentic, open relationships with their children, which holy holy shit, like that in itself is just, I'm sure, just a relief for a lot of parents but then you're absolutely right 
especially these days, I've noticed the pressure that children are experiencing at school from really young age because of exams and the way that the schooling system is designed to support particular styles of learning, particular types of energy, particular types of humans. And it's almost like it's too narrow to be able to cover every spectrum of the human experience, which I mean, that is a challenge, right? Because how vast is that? But if we prepare our children for school in this way, then perhaps the fact that the schooling system doesn't necessarily cater for everyone's need becomes less relevant because the children are really well armed to understand their emotions and probably as a result, accept the way that they learn and understand that if they don't learn the same way as other people, that's totally fine. And maybe it's okay for them to develop their own style of learning and work with that in the inside the structure of the schooling system. Absolutely. And what they get to do really well is to communicate to the teacher exactly what their body or brain is experiencing. Yeah, that is amazing. I Mm. also work with schools as well and with teachers. So that way, what I did when I worked in the education system was I actually got to taught this. So once once I taught the Year 7 boys, let me go back to that story. Once I taught the Year 7 boys, another little boy came up to me who's Jimmy, and Jimmy says, I'd like to come and see you. And I'm going, why would you, you know, you're on track, you're all over it. Why do you want to come and see me? He said, well, you made such a difference in Johnny's life. I want to know what you taught him. Well, that was got my shoes hightailed to the principal's office. And I said, I don't want to teach this individual anymore. I said, I want to teach this whole class. So that started my whole class journey of teaching. And what I'm actually doing at the present moment is I'm actually doing my doctorate so I can evidence-base everything that I do. So I can go back to teaching classrooms full of children. There is It's music to your ears mm. when you get children in classrooms to understand exactly what's happening to their body, to their brain, and, and the energy of the classroom. You know, they love energy transference and conservation when they realise that ha- actually all of our energy collectively actually is the energy of the classroom. Mm. You know, that creates a whole total different learning environment, as I call them, calm-centred and focused learning environments. Children are learning differently. Mm. How clever is that? It makes me feel optimistic for the future of our youth because I don't know any statistics, but I, I have experience with friends and family with children who are really struggling with Yeah essentially their mental health and you know it starts from school stress often and then and then develops and all these things all these tools all these experiences that you're sharing today make me feel optimistic that we can actually make huge positive impact on on our youth and the way that they handle as you say tricky life experiences so that we don't have to continue on the slippery slope to where it feels like I don't know. Would you agree? Do you feel like we're in a little bit of a mental health crisis with our youth? We do, actually. We don't see mental health from a proactive point of view. We see mental health from a very reactive point of view. And I've seen those struggles in schools. As I said, I worked in schools for 35 years and I saw that struggle. I didn't just see it one day. I saw it day after day after Mm -hmm. day and some young people just continuing 
to struggle because they didn't know who they were. They didn't know how they fitted into the system. Mm-hmm. And it just was this forever struggle, which is why I'm so passionate about what it is that I do, because I honestly don't believe that life is struggle. No. I honestly believe that life is meant to be having having a whole pile of life experiences, moving on to the next life experience, evolving us as young people, evolving us as human beings, and ultimately the human race. It is totally exciting being in this era because there is so many advancements in technology, but the children haven't yet caught up with their own development to be able to match that technological development. And, mm-hmm. you know, we do see children just being absorbed in screen time at the present moment and the effect that that has on their body and the brain. You know, it's just changing. And what I'd love to see is a young people change to keep up with the change, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, because I think that's where the struggle is also coming through. But I'd love to be able to have proactive mental health conversations with their mm-hmm. young people and really get them to understand what their mental health looks like, sounds like and feels like for them. Because, you know, I do feel strongly that it's our responsibility in this generation to prepare our young people for their generation. Yeah, absolutely. You give me a lot of hope that we actually can achieve that with the work that you do. And I can honestly, Lynn, I can feel the passion. I I have no doubt that you are making incredibly huge positive shockwaves throughout the wider community. If you had one pearl of wisdom what would be your biggest piece of advice to parents of kids who are struggling with behaviors caused by anger emotional outbursts or perhaps anxiety what would your biggest piece of advice be have conversations to understand what's happening for them sometimes we don't know how to have these conversations as well so I don't know if this is a piece of wisdom but sometimes we don't know how to have that conversation because what we'd love to do is we as parents I mean I was certainly guilty of that was taking on I don't want my my young child to be suffering with any of those things with behavior or anxiety I wanted to take their emotion on for them and Mm -hmm. I wanted to process every inch of that emotion so they didn't have to go and do it what I what I quickly realized was oops that wasn't a very helpful thing because they haven't learned to process their emotion Mm -hmm. you know so having our young children understanding emotion what it is, what it looks like, sounds like and feels like, what that energy of emotion feels like and how then to have those conversations with their young people about their emotions so that they understand them would be my biggest takeaway. And see that everything is emotion. My pearl of wisdom here is see everything as energy, see everything as emotion mm-hmm. and then come, come from it from behaviour from that viewpoint. Your conversations mm-hmm. will automatically be different. Yeah, so... I think what you're saying is if the manifestations of the emotions, so angry yeah. outbursts, stuff like that, you if you're a parent and you're experiencing these unwanted behaviors in your household, if you yeah. shift that from viewing it as, all right, this is my child experiencing emotions and energy in their body that they're not necessarily sure how to digest, process, yeah. and then that shifts the the conversation, that shifts the response and the view of where your child is at so that the behavior becomes less of the focus and actually how can we talk about what you're experiencing in a way that's really supportive instead of just being so fucking frustrated about the behavior that keeps on coming up. Yep, beautifully said. (laughs) Even with the work. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
because because it can be a source of frustration for all of us. I was no different as a parent, you know. And we have to go through these learning curves with our young people, you know. They need to see our emotions too. It's it's no good if we hide our emotions from them, yeah. but we want to display our emotions in a helpful way to connect with their emotions as well. But yeah, it's a really interesting time, and it's and it's just a time of learning and discovering with your children. I mean, we don't get it right as parents. I certainly didn't get it right as a parent either. Or what I consider to be right is it right or wrong in parenting? I would say no to that that question, by the way. <laughs> but you know, it's it's a place of discovery. See parenting as an experiment in lots of ways because that's what it is but it's a time of learning and discovering together is what parenting really ultimately is Mm, and that's what your resilience tutoring provides an outlet for right I mean it provides a space where families can come together and learn together and I just think that is such an incredible gift yeah so, Lynn, you. you are an author. You have just how many books, Lynn? <laughs> so I've got three out at the press moment. It was so funny. How am I, I never saw myself as an author, ever. I never thought I would do that in this lifetime. But anyway, and how that actually all started was I was running some groups and girls and boys learn very differently, just the way it is. And I was working with this group of girls. And, like, when they complete the course, they actually complete a journal type process which is extended learning activities for home just so they can continue the learning because we all know that learning the knowledge occurs in the classroom the learning happens outside of the classroom so they get to do these activities and the girl says to me hang on I because it's all in PowerPoint boys love PowerPoint and they said hang on I actually want a journal I went really you actually want a journal so anyway that's how book number one actually started so my first book I actually created was the ultimate discovery journal so the girls had a journal so that's how that started so then what I did was I wrote a children's storybook to go with the journal which is called the ultimate experience discovering me now it's based on four characters Al Turtle Monkey and Dragon and they go off and do the course in the book (laughs) and that each week they learn the same topics that we actually learn within the course which is really cool and then they teach each other what they've learned from the week so I was really happy. It's all fully illustrated in, in full cover and it's called The Ultimate Experience, Discovering Me, because I believe in this lifetime, we're here to have the ultimate discovery, the ultimate experience. And the way we do that is by discovering ourselves. And the third one is, seen as I was on the writing journey at that point in time, I've written my teenage one, which is called The Ultimate Teenage Experience, because that's what we want, right? We want our teenagers to have the ultimate experience. So it's called The Ultimate Teenage Experience, The Power of Perspective. And that has a whole new pile of different teaching that we haven't even touched on here today, Mm. because I just love teaching young adults how to transition from childhood into teenagehood and into adulthood because we actually don't stop and teach we just hope our children do it we hope they do it gracefully I don't know that I did it gracefully as a teenager but anywho I did it anyway so I just love teaching and helping those lost teenagers as I call them and I love my lost teenagers they're just the most awesome people in the whole entire world Mm. just go through that transition process and just continue the teaching and the learning for them you know that's another experience that we're meant to have on planet earth is the, the experience of learning now we as humans we have the most amazing brain and we can learn we can learn at fast rates of knots we can learn the most amazing things and i just love it when our young people learn about themselves and continue that learning journey but more important love it just love the learning so my third one's called um yep the ultimate experience the 
the ultimate teenage experience, the power of perspective. I feel like we need to do a whole episode on the concept of the lost teenager. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love awesome. to, I love him. <laughs> yeah, I would love to dive into that more. But unfortunately, we don't have time today. But no, I think that would be, yeah, I think that would be just so incredible for our listeners that have got um, yep. teenagers who are really struggling. But Lynn, your books are a perfect introduction to your work. So where yep. can the listeners, if they're interested in your work and what you do, where can they purchase your journals and find more information about your workshops and your resilience tutoring? They can find us on the resiliencetutor.com.au. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram as well as Resilience Tutor. But also the books are also available from the website or they can also purchase off Amazon. Amazing. Yeah. And I actually am lucky enough to have copies of Lynn's <laughs> books. And I yeah. can tell you they are absolutely beautiful. When when she sent them to me in the post, I was just first of all, they feel and look I, amazing. The, the, the feel is awesome, isn't it? Oh, that's beautiful. Loved, I just love the feel of them. Do you know more than that, Lynn? When I started reading them, I was like, oh, I could just imagine 13-year-old me would have loved that. I used to build sheet tents and go in there with like a torch and read (laughs) and those sorts of journals would have just been so cool to me, apart from the fact that they're obviously a very incredible platform for our children to start exploring their emotions and resiliency. They're just so beautiful. So if anyone is listening and they just want to know more. I think the books are just an incredible place to start, but also you run self-paced workshops and also uh, family coaching, right? Absolutely. There's a whole range of ways that you can interact with the Resilience Tutor. If it's more of a one-to-one style that you're looking for, like I can do a whole family, understand what's happening for everybody within the family, or you can go into the calendar and book a call with me directly. My calendar is also up on the website. Amazing. And I will pop all the links to those different places in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Lynn, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and spending time with us here today. I have no doubt that our listeners have just enjoyed every minute. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I have no doubt that Lynn's perspectives and insights into how we can best support our young people in building happier, more resilient lives will have sparked curiosity and hopefully some optimism as well for our future. If you or someone you know could benefit from having access to Lynn's incredible work, all the links that we mentioned today are in the show notes. If you liked what you heard today, why not like, subscribe, and maybe you could even share the episode with a friend so that you can start leveling up together. Take care, stay safe, keep milking the shit out of life, and I will see you in the next episode.